Hello and welcome to Procurement Innovation Podcast brought to you by GoProcure. I'm your host, Raj Verma, and this is our third installment of 2021. We're excited to have everybody join us today. And I have to say, I'm very excited about my next guest, somebody I've known for, oh my God, about 15 years. He has a tremendous amount of experience in uh, corporate supply chain, strategic sourcing, procurement, one of the leaders and thought leaders in supplier diversity, and now leading his way. Uh, we're really excited to have JP Keating. Always fun to be on with you, Raj. <laughs> It, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's always my pleasure, my friend. You know, since we can't do this face to face, we're gonna have to do it uh, as a podcast. Yeah, yeah. These were always more fun when uh, we we had the potential for some some uh, joint beverages ahead of us, but uh, maybe maybe twenty twenty two. You know, twenty twenty. You're you're already, you're already writing off twenty twenty one. Nah, just I think it's gonna be late. I think it's gonna be late. We'll we'll see what happens though. I have faith, but. I am in procurement, so you know I got I got I got to be a little uh, a little cautious. <laughs> there you go. So so JP, you know you know we, I kind of just covered your background at, at the very beginning, but I know that over the last few years you've really gotten involved in this whole innovation part of the supply chain, helping drive to find better suppliers and give diverse suppliers access to the table, and also working with corporates. Talk to me about what you're involved in from an innovation standpoint right now. Sure, sure. You know, I I kind of kind of work my way across the spectrum, if you will, because you know the the, the term innovation is pretty darn nebulous. Uh, you know, there's 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 a lot of different definitions around it, and you know, you could go on and on all day about what is and what isn't. Um, but I. I I look at this is especially from a, from a procurement lens, supply chain lens, there's always an opportunity to do something better. And that is by definition an innovation. Um, You know, invention is really, really hard, uh, but innovation is something that that really anybody can do. Uh, And I've always looked at procurement and supply chain and logistics is one of those areas where there can be a significant amount of incremental innovation as well as really transform transformational innovation. And, um, you know, you, you don't have to have innovator in your title to do these kinds of things. And I had always just seen it as, as natural for, for our discipline. You know, we're constantly trying to save money or shave something off of a, off of a process. That's all innovation is. And, um, so there's so many ways that, that, that folks like us can get involved by doing that. And it's not a big effort, right? Every, so many people look at this, oh, God, we've got this big innovation effort. we got to go through and process. No, don't, don't even bother starting there. Just do something small. Get comfortable with it. And enough of those build up. A lot of really great things happen. Um, where I have focused more of my time lately, because I've done some of the incremental things over there. I've tried to do some of the big things, but really where I fell into the spot that I like the most is, is corporate venture capital uh, and, and institutional. I, I work in that space a little bit too, but I really like the corporate venture capital sides of things. And there's, there's significant opportunity out there for, for big companies, but also for medium and small companies. This, this is not 
just through the realm of, of, of the big Fortune 500 firms and their corporate venture groups, really anybody can leverage corporate venture for their benefit. Uh, and there's a lot to that. And we can, we can go into that some more later, but that's really where I'm, I'm spending my time. And, you know, the overlay, all of this is, is this works extremely well in my supplier diversity work. Um, you know, the, 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 the communities that, well, the, 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 the goal with innovation is to find something new and interesting. Well, in order to find something new and interesting, you have to broaden your horizons and work in communities where you might not be working. And, Supplier diversity was just that, you know, we're, we're out there actively looking for, for companies that do something new and different that can help us transform our companies, uh, help us run more efficiently and, you know, and, and help us um, uh, develop and impact communities. So this was, you know, this was a natural thing for me. And um, there's, there's significant opportunity all over the place. And really the, the way to look at this is, um, you know, having a big, broad vision and a, a, a way to engage with as many, uh, many communities as you can. And that's, that's what's beautiful about the diversity part. Well, that was a great breakdown, you know, at a top level, JP. I really appreciate that. So one of the things, you know, we hear about how corporates are looking specifically at innovation. We have some groups that are doing robust supply chain um, you know, sessions to deal with capacity and mentorship. Then you have other ones that are taking a full accelerator approach to go ahead and fund, grow suppliers, and whether they use them in their verticals, they can pass them off to other people within other organizations. Can you, you know, what are you seeing in terms of accelerators uh, specifically since you have a lot of experience over there? Yeah, yeah, there's... Like you said, there's there's so many different models, uh, and not one of them is is perfect. And and what I always what I always tell to people and say to people around this is, is it's really driven by the leadership of the company, the culture of the company, and the customer expectations. In a lot of ways, what what's the company trying to do? Um, and and you know, uh, one of the things that that you'll hear if you're around this long enough is you get a lot of uh, you get a lot of leaders and people that are interested in quote innovation and so there's this sort of innovation theater circus that happens uh where somebody tries to set up you know set up an innovation studio or we're gonna go drop a team in san francisco and let it you know let them find new startups and things like that sometimes they work sometimes they don't work most of the time the experience I've seen is they, they, they tend to flame out um, if it's not aligned with, with the goals of the company or if it's not aligned or you don't have, a, don't have the proper support from that senior leadership. Each one of these things is valuable in some way. Some companies really just the culture and the structure will never allow them to put together a, uh, some sort of a innovation studio, if you will. It's just, it's just, it's too hard. The corporate antibodies get it and it, you know, it makes people resentful. It can be tough, but some do it extremely well. Um, and it's embraced and it works. You know, when, when I look at these, it, it's, um, when, when I try to push for, for what I'm doing or where we think we should go, I really, really focus on that mission. Um, 
and, and what we really want to try and do. Do we need this huge infrastructure or do we just need some people sitting down and talking to each other and having a brainstorming session? Um, and so it, it really is just going to depend on the industry, the company, the leadership, everything like that. The one company that, that I like what they're doing, and I've, I've been talking to them for a while now, is Shabani. They have a really neat um, uh, innovation program there where they're, um, uh, I just blanked on the name of it, I'm sorry, but they have their, um, uh, their program where they are inviting new, uh, new startup brands to be um, mentored and trained and developed by Chibani to help them. And what's really great with that on the diversity angle is a, is a very large number of the companies that go into that are diverse founding teams or diverse founders. And so I like, I like that model. It works very well for that brand. It, um, it wouldn't work for some other brands out there um, on how they do some things, but, you know, mentoring programs, they're unique. One that, that, that I, I really like right now um, <clears throat> that has been, um, that has been getting some traction. Um, it's actually the, the n- name of the company that created the whole method is Eureka. It's spelled U R E E K A uh, founded by uh, a minority lesbian woman. And really fantastic model that they have where they're um, they're enabling a whole lot of different innovation programs for for big companies for not for profits for mid-sized companies that allow them to do a lot of things from mentoring to peer coaching uh, to funding opportunities kind of uh, startup demo days a lot of different things are really building out this, this community and ecosystem that can benefit both sides, both the, um, uh, both the small business owner, the, just the business owner or diverse business owner, as well as the corporation that's, that's sponsoring this and putting it together. So some unique models out there. There's is very modular. Um, you can pull pieces and parts out that make a lot of sense for your company. Uh, you can go do the full thing if that makes sense, but really, really like their model right now. Um, and then another one too, that uh, uh, we've kind of seen in the supplier diversity world, you know, a, a lot of the um, uh, development and advocacy organizations put together their own programs and those are good. Um, and, and they have their places out there. And it just it's dependent upon where you are on the, the, the quantity and the quality of what it is. But there's also some new um, community de- community development organizations that are that are putting some of these things together as well. There's one in Chicago that I'm working with a little bit called P33. And they've started a new one uh, where corporates can get involved and get engaged more on a community level for um uh, for minority-owned uh, entre- minority-owned businesses and entrepreneurs, so there's there's so many ways to enter it, and so there's no point in trying to go out, you know, boil the ocean with everything. Just start with what you can do, uh, with what you have, and you can still get impact from that. So you know, here here's one of the funny things as you're giving that breakdown. I was really following it closely of the ones that you're highlighting. And ironically, they're suppliers who are providing best practices back to corporates. Cause it always was a theme. I can't remember the chief procurement officer or CFO I used to work with. He said, Hey, enhance your core 
and those things that are not core go find great people that do it and so you know what's maddening is you have a company that's struggling with supply their supply chain and their operations I, I think your point you know if i read between the lines why would you want them to be setting up an innovation lab when they can't even do the ops yes so you should you need to go out and find somebody that can do it for yourself so maybe this the, the new model over the next 10 years is finding these innovation hubs these um, accelerators these incubation places that are um, vertically or or um, set up for different types of size of firms but I, I think that you're definitely on to something because if you're dependent on the company that couldn't get it right in the first place, how good is their output going to be on innovation? Correct. And that's, you know, that, that's the, that's the hard thing is being able to, you know, accept what you're not good at. And especially now, uh, you know, over the, you know, over the past year plus, you've got to iterate these things. And in, in, in with this, even though we, you know, we may have had, somebody may have had an approach, which was, let's just give you the perfect example, is a lot of these accelerators were in-house, meaning you had to, you know, the entrepreneurs had to go and be in a city or be in a location. Uh, and this was all done in cohorts and in person. We just killed that uh, <laughs> because of COVID. So now the things that we had used 12, eight or 18 months ago, almost um, didn't work anymore where you had all of these meetups, you had all of these innovations, you know, innovation centers where people hung out and were together to trade ideas. And you had endless events and pitch days and all that kind of stuff. And it was gone. So now you have to, you have to iterate that, 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 that method for you to get access to the innovation and get access to those new ideas. And so it, you know, you've got to embrace this entirely new digital world to go off and do this and going forward, it's going to be a hybrid. Um, and so you're, you're absolutely right. It's, if we're not good at this uh, or, you know, we don't have the, we don't have the people to help us facilitate this. We're going to need to go out and get some help. And there's so many different ways that you can do this. Uh, it just takes, you know, it, it takes, uh, you know, an analysis of, of your situation. You know, what, what can we do? What are we, you know, what are we good at? What are we not good at? Uh, what kind of relationships do we have? What do we need? Uh, you know, can, how do we do this? And it's, it's creating a method around it uh, that best supports your overall company mission and what you're trying to do. No, it makes total sense. I mean, I think that's the next level of the maturity curve is doing it outside your corporate entity. Now, um, you know, have you seen some of these incubation or for lack of a better term, these hubs where they'll bring like five or six different companies together mm -hmm. and take a look at, you know, incubating a number of different suppliers. Oh yeah. 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 And, and I guess I would say you had mentioned suppliers. So what's, um, <clears throat> um, I don't, I don't really break it out by suppliers, non suppliers, you know, mo most of the folks that I'm looking at are all, all B2B sales types of companies anyway. You know, these are earlier stage firms. Um, 
and so they they just generally need a lot of help anyway uh so there's there's this kind of combination of 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 work that we can do and you know one one example um that i work with where you bring a lot of corporates together to do something very specific is uh, the global insurance accelerator in des moines iowa so they bring in um they have a whole bunch of corporate sponsors, which are all insurance companies or insurance related companies. And they recruit a cohort of, of startups, early stage companies to, um, to come in and they get awarded, uh, you know, they, they get awarded this, this, this mentoring opportunity as well as an investment and then get access to all of these mentors. And we're, we're talking you know, dozens upon dozens of industry mentors, um, which is a fantastic opportunity for so many of these companies. And so that's, that's one method of doing it. Um, you know, there's other, there's other ones where um, you're just you know, you're kind of involved at a, um, a community level in a lot of ways. So there's um, uh, like in Chicago, I'll just pull up Chicago again. You know, they've got 1871, which is like this innovation hub. And within that they've got, probably a dozen different organizations that operate in there as support networks for, for startups and corporates and just, you know, business owners in general, depending upon what they want to do. So, you know, we've got, um, so there's um, a, kind of a bunch of different verticals that operate in there, like Techstars operates in there, but then right above them, the Illinois Hispanic Chamber of Commerce operates in there. And they have a, a Latinx accelerator, which they bring in cohorts, um, I think it's three times, three or four times a year. And then you've got um, um, <clears throat> the Bunker or Bunker Labs, which is a veteran focused um advocacy organization development organization they're right around the corner so you've got this unique community that existed well before covid it's still there it's just digital <laughs> um where you can you can do a lot of different things in one spot some are very focused some are broad you know some are industry some are geography um you know, some are uh, uh vertical you know if it's like a um uh, you know, like a, like a supply chain or a fine, like a FinTech or a, a med tech or something like that, where you've got, um, you've got those kinds of, of, of organizations out there. They're just focusing specifically on, on those areas or subsets of them. So there's this sort of this endless universe of ways to connect with people and, and ideas and get that, get that new access to, to innovation and to those founders. And what's really cool about the whole thing is there's a tremendous amount of diversity in, in these communities. It may not seem like it was some of the news that you read, but as soon as you walk in, you'll look around. This is amazing. Um, just the types of people, the backgrounds, uh, where everybody's from. It really, it really is, is, is a fantastic experience to, uh, to operate in, um, uh, in a lot of these ecosystems and environments. And then that, that's great. And I think we both recognize that, you know, with COVID and the pandemic, um, a lot of the higher density areas in the country have been really shut down. And so hopefully those people who have been participating in these programs have been able to do it digitally. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, one of the other questions, what if you're like, let's say you're a supplier, you just you're, you're in the startup mode, you're going, you don't really have the time. What are some of the key results or metrics that they should be looking for why they would want to participate? Right. Yeah. You know what I mean, yep. you know what I'm saying? Yep. I mean, there's a Absolutely. lot. I've been on the startup side. 
Yeah. It takes a lot of time. You go to one of these mentorships. You go to one of these incubations. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, you're part of it for 12, 16, 18, 20 weeks. Yep. And you don't even – there's no business at the end of the tunnel. So what? Right. what is it that a founder or a startup, and especially a diverse founder or diverse startup, should be – what should they ask for yeah. as an yeah. outcome of this? Yeah, yeah. And it's 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 – an extremely valid point you brought up there because the, the models have had to change because for exactly what you're talking about uh, is it, these things take time and they, they take a lot of time. They sometimes they cost money. And in some cases they're going to take some equity to be part of these things. And what I found by working with so many of them, and seeing how they operated in, in different regions of the country and just different cultures and themes was that it, it, it really depends on who's running that operation and what they're trying to do and then matching up to that. So what was, what was really great was um, uh, one of the, one of the, kind of one of the ones I was most familiar with was a was an ag tech or still is still around uh, an ag tech accelerator called the Yield Lab, which operates out of St. Louis. Uh, it was one of the very first ag tech um, uh, accelerator uh, um, kind of seed investment uh, organizations in the world, and now it's expanded out significantly. They they realized that having a a, a in person accelerator for like four months. Uh, made no sense. They wanted to keep their operators out in the field where they needed to be operating and would make this a combination virtual and in person um, and really started customizing what they needed to do for each one of those founders. And so um, that's what, what that that's what I thought was really valuable. What I, what I recommend to a lot of folks that are interested in getting into a, uh, some sort of accelerator. Does, does this fit your needs? Um, is it flexible enough for what you need to do? And is you know what you're getting valuable? Because so many founders and so many companies in general only need a few things you know, they, they, to really help them. To, it, and a lot of these, a lot of these um, programs are set up in sort of a rigid environment. You know, you're you're going to go for you know for 12 weeks or 16 weeks or a year, and you're going to learn marketing and accounting and finance and all this kind of stuff. A lot of these companies don't need all of that. They just need, they need access to a network. They might be fantastic at marketing already. They might be fantastic at accounting. They don't even need any help raising any money, but what they do need is help with enterprise sales or they need help with supply chain. And so that's where I just, I kind of guide people and say, what, what are you really going to get out of this? Uh, and do you think it's going to be valuable enough to you to, also give up some equity in this thing. So um, you're absolutely right. It, it is, it, it's a lot of effort and it's really, it's really driven by what that entrepreneur needs uh, and what's, you know, what's available out there with, with some of those, some of those providers. So then on the, flipping that on the corporate side, what are the metrics that they should be looking at? I mean, other than the obvious ones that they're building an OEM, or building a supplier that they can build a strategic relationship to address a piece of need and also helping with capacity and extending the capability structure of maybe an existing vendor. But 
or what are they how should they be approaching this to make sure it's successful for them yeah yeah the the, the metrics are always complicated with this one um because usually it, it's going to take a long time to see something come to fruition unless it's super specific and you know exactly what you're trying to do these are you know, these these are long-term relationships especially at the phase that i'm talking about here um because there's some, you know, these are, these are newer companies that have some newer technology. It's hard to integrate at this point, but it's something that a corporate may want to integrate. I think the, the, the goal with most of these is to build, uh, is to really build relationships and, you know, strong relationships because you want, you want these companies to, tr- to try and call you first when they have a great idea or, you know, they, they need some help to, to, um, to really build out something strong that they already have. Uh, or, you know, on the corporate side is um, uh, you know, trying to match up the best you can with those teams and which people, you know, which people are going to really understand us and be able to effectively, you know, help us get things through the organization and on down the line. So, you know, it's, it's a big, you know, it's, it's a long-term matchmaker. Uh, you know, in the end, there's always has to be some sort of an ROI. You know, it, it, you know, every, you know, every company wants to look at this as, well, if we're going to want, if we're going to invest, we want a huge return uh, or a major strategic advantage. And that's how they, that's the, kind of the end goal of this. But a lot of this is intelligence gathering too, uh, and understanding what's happening in the marketplace. You know, what, what's new, what's coming along, who are the competitors out there. And so you can, you can look at it from two angles, you know, either offensive or defensive or both, really. Um, and so that's, that's kind of key to it. As, as you start to figure it out, you can get, you know, you can get better metrics, um, but they're, they're always tricky you know, you talk to any innovation people, there's, <laughs> this is, this is like a, this is an endless conversation. Uh, and it, it, it was almost exactly the same as supplier diversity metrics, uh, where <laughs> everyone was struggling with coming up with the magic metrics, right. <laughs> you know? And, you know, at the beginning phases, it's engagement, you know, and as you, as you yeah. become more mature, it's like, what's the return? What's the return? Uh, and it usually becomes just a big mix of all of that. Um, so I, I hate to give anything specific, but I, I, because, you know, it might not apply at all to what you're trying to do, but you know, the main goal here is, is, is to build the relationships to help leverage all of that for the future growth of your company. Um, and that's, you know, that, that's an important part. And depending upon what else you want to do, you know, like in, in, in my case, I always focus on, you know, that, that future growth of the company, uh, our, you know, our community and better serving our customers. And so that's, you know, another angle It all, it all, uh, sort of depends on the purpose of your business and what you, you know, what you want to do as your company. No, it makes absolute sense. It seems like the actual goals and objectives haven't really changed. As you're mentioning, we've both seen that in supplier diversity. We've seen that in supply chain that, okay, you know, helping to grow long-term relationships, long-term partners to help them be more sustainable, to support you also helping the community. You know, I think those things all are profound. And I think it sounds like, you know, it's just more the advance of how, the toolkit looks mm-hmm. right. I mean, the next thing that we're seeing is the toolkit, which was traditionally just owned by corporates within the same group that was doing operations was not a 
long-term sustainable because they're always going to put it to the side. Mm-hmm. If, if they don't have time to meet their goal, their own internal uh, stakeholders' goals of cost savings, they're not going to have time to do this. Yep. So I think this whole movement toward, as you're saying, these centers of excellence and these you know, hubs and innovation centers is the way it's going. You know, it's amazing. We've talked for almost 30 minutes and we haven't even talked about (laughs) technology innovation, which, you know, is something that I know that is, you know, close to both of us. Maybe we'll have to carve out some time for a part two later this spring. And I think that's what we're going to have to do. Oh yeah. uh, Yeah. As you and I both independently investigate that space. But uh, is there any, uh, other words of wisdom on innovation you want to leave uh, our audience yeah it 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 goes back to what i think i said at the very beginning is do this incrementally this this is jp's opinion some of your leadership will say no we want transformational innovation you know go with incremental all day long in my opinion because it's much easier to do it's much more approachable anybody can get involved and you can be, and to me, it's extremely inclusive in that you can test out a lot of things uh, and you can get ideas from across your enterprise and also from the, uh, from the community and from different ecosystems. So it fits right into the, the, the message that I preach, you know, <laughs> it's, you know, especially around supply diversity. It's all about inclusion and innovation. Focus on those things and you'll get great ideas. You'll get support. Um, you'll get people excited when, when you talk about those, those things, inclusion and innovation goes a really long way. Um, but always, you know, always keep in mind, this is, we're adding value. How, how, how can we add more value and value looks different and you know, with every company, every person, but focusing on those three, on those, those things will always get you there. You know, it, there's, you know, it, it, sometimes it goes faster, sometimes it goes slower, but keeping in the right mindset will, will enable all of that. Um, and I think that's truly, that's truly the key behind it is you got structural issues, but you keep your brain focused with those key elements, good things will happen. Uh, and that, yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, we could, we could, we could go on about this for ever man but you know the i you know, i would say you know the to talk about the procurement side there's no reason you cannot be innovative in procurement period we are in an extraordinarily unique position to be able to do some amazing things if we leverage that knowledge the, that knowledge and the networks that we have that's already built into our function and so i'll leave you with that one procurement can be innovative <laughs> even if you've been there 30 years right? you can do it i mean it really is you I mean, so many people are already doing it especially when, when somebody comes in and goes well you know raj i need you to i need you to cut 15 percent out of the cost base on this okay well how are we going to do that well we got to think through it you're innovating right there you know it could it could be anything you know we're, we're gonna you know we change the thickness of the box you know we're gonna use less adhesive uh we're you know we're gonna thin out the the metal whatever that that's you know an innovative idea uh so that's where i think people get hung up is they, they keep thinking innovations this this big transformational thing no it's it's little stuff and doing a lot of little things constantly making making yourself and the company better well with that thank you so much jp i'm going to hold you the part of, of this 
uh, sometime a month from now when we actually talk about procurement technology innovation. I know we spent the last uh, 30 minutes talking about supplier diversity and inclusive inclusivity and how it's tied to the ecosystem of innovation. So, but I really appreciate your time, sure my friend. Uh, you know, it's always great having you on and uh, hope you're, hope things are getting balmy for you. In Chicago. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, man. Sun's coming out. It's coming out. So I just need to get out of my basement. Other than that, we're in good shape. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, JP, for joining. And uh, once again, for all those listening, we'll, we'll, we're going to be continuing with the procurement innovation on a weekly basis. Thank you for joining and we'll see you next week. Thank you.